podcast. I am your host, your HIV positive host, Jennifer Vaughn. How are you all doing out there? It's uh, November 7th right now as I record this podcast, and it's been a little bit since I've been on here. I took a little bit of a break. I took a little bit of a mental health break. I think that's uh, necessary and definitely called for from time to time, especially when um, what I'm doing, I don't have any kind of really mental support. I don't see a counselor. I don't talk to anybody about this social media thing that I've taken on and it gets bigger and bigger and more overwhelming at times. And basically my last podcast, I had, I was kind of, oh my God, I was trying to defend all the Eric videos that I've been doing. And I was trying to give an explanation as to why we call him the infector. And this what is what feels normal for us. And, you know, we're just, it's our experience, you know, why can we not uh, treat our experience how we want to? It's our experience. We're not by any means laughing at anybody else. Um, and I don't even know if I talked about that actually it was probably more about just defending him in general. And I don't know. I just feel like there's some people that spend, I even after that, after I thought I did a pretty good job explaining myself, those same particular people came back with um, another rebuttal. And it's like, you know, I'm not here to, you know, have these fights with people or these disagreements or they're going to sway my way of thinking kind of thing. You know, I just think about what kind of person spends all this time uh, writing to a podcast, spending like really like a lot of thoughtful time writing messages back to me that maybe they feel is, um, you know, I don't know, helpful for me in some way, but they really are, if anything, uh, put me on the defensive and it's a little frustrating. So I took a break. It was definitely part of my, um, I mean, I always say this, but it is so true. It's my hormones. I woke up that morning in a real low hormonal drought. I would, I guess that's what it is. And, um, woke up to putting my podcast out the night before and see, and it wasn't just my podcast. It was some TikToks also, which, you know, I'm, I've been dealing with those ever since I put them out. The ones of me and Eric in the car, a lot of positive reception to them. And of course I'm talking about HIV. So there's always people who are going to have a problem with what I say, regardless of what it is. But, um, you know, some people were, uh, I don't remember what it was at the time, but probably just not happy that we were um, laughing in the car, which I kind of keep getting from people. And it's like, we're not laughing, obviously, at anybody who's had HIV or AIDS or died from it or anything. Obviously, like we have this, like, can we not just react to it um, how we want? And so that was the whole point is showing that we can still be like on a completely like, you know, normal level with this. And it's not like shocking to us anymore that it's at a point where we can actually be light about it. That was the point. Um, but anyways, yeah, there were some TikToks also that people were having issues with and definitely people that wrote a lot of things and spent time and they seem like intelligent people. And I just woke up with, I think probably it coming from me at like 20 different directions. And I, I, you know, made the mistake of opening up my phone and kind of just going into like this, oh, I cannot do this. Like it's, you know, can you imagine like having one person that you're having an issue with and then, you know, times 20. And although I don't know these people, you know, it still is in my brain. It's, you know, it's swirling around in there and it's affecting my mental 
stability that day. Really, it did. And so I just kind of put on Instagram, hey, I'm I'm taking a mental health break. And it wasn't for any kind of like needing anyone to um, give me any attention or anything. I, I kept it up for probably, I don't know, maybe eight hours. And then I just deleted everything and um, stayed off Instagram for a good, I don't know, at least three or four days, which felt really good for me, honestly. And I don't normally do that. I normally um, am posting throughout the day on Instagram. So it was a relief. It was honestly a big like weight off me just to like kind of get rid of Instagram, which seems to be the culprit for the most most part that was feeling making me feel overwhelmed. Um, YouTube also can make me feel overwhelmed, but I don't have to respond on there. I feel like, um, I don't know, there's something about Instagram where it feels more personalized. And like, I could feel like people can get to me closer, you know, or like reach me easily where YouTube is just kind of out there and I don't need to respond to everything on there. So I did that and it really helped. And then that day I'd sent some of the messages to Eric to tell him what I was dealing with. Cause he doesn't know, you know, this is the Eric that I recently reconnected with. He doesn't, you know, see any of this stuff. So he went and did these videos with me and does not see the results at all in any way or, you know, anything that anyone's saying about it. And so I sent him one particular message and he was so mad about it that he wanted to make an account just to come back and attack that person. And he's like, no, you know, you got the better of him and it, or he thought better about it and decided to um, not do that. And he kind of laughed about it and said, see, these are the pitfalls to social media is like you can make yourself crazy with this stuff. And I ended up like um, <clears throat> going to the grocery store and calling him. I don't know. I was talking to him in my car at the grocery store in the parking lot and I was you know, the, all this stuff was weighing really, really heavy on me. And I just, um, as I talked to him, I said, you know, th there's so many people that keep telling me that you had this, you know, when we were together. And I know you didn't know that. I know you didn't know Eric. And I just started crying. And I said, you know, you didn't know you had this. Tell me like I need like I already know the answer, but it was like really healing and cathartic to cry to him and let him hear, I don't know, like we haven't had that moment, right? Because I got this diagnosis and I went on on my own journey and he went on his own journey and I didn't get to cry those tears to him when I was diagnosed. So I think in that moment, I really cried to him to let him know like, um, hey, like this really does affect me, the, what people are saying. And um, and I don't know, I, I guess I just needed to cry to him to hear him say, I mean, he knows the whole thing's preposterous. We know he didn't know that he had it. Um, there are things after that make me go, well, you know, of course, there was a girl that he was going to sleep with afterwards, which is what inspired him to get tested because he said, I haven't been healthy and maybe we should check me out and see what's going on because something's not right. But at that point, he was really sick. I mean, he had, you know, he had AIDS at that point and he had pneumonia. Um, so he did get checked for HIV then. Why he didn't do it while we were together, I don't know. It wasn't because he was, you know, trying to hide anything. It's just like anything. We put things off all the time. And, you know, the part where he said in one of the interviews that, um, he said, I just never thought that you would have this. I, of course, scratched my head at that too. How could you have not thought that I would have had this? We were together. I was your most recent partner. We'd been together for eight months. And he says things like, well, you know, he doesn't even know when he got it, meaning he could have gotten it after me. But more than likely, obviously, well, obviously that's not the case, but he was thinking that possibly. Sure, some of that stuff doesn't add up. I agree, it doesn't. But you know what? I know for sure that he didn't know he had it when we were together. How he handled things after are 
definitely not clear. Um, and I, of course, I've always said a phone call to me would have been great, but what can I do? What can I do? Be mad about it forever? I mean, I still have this. It's not going to change anything. You know, and I, all I can do is just take his word for it, for what he says. Um, and that doesn't mean that I have to be, um, you know, I'm not with Eric. We're not together. We're friends. Um, but I think people are afraid that I'm jumping back uh, I don't know, I was going to say into bed with him, but that's not what I meant. Back into a relationship with him or whatever. Um, they see a lot of red flags. You know, I do too. Like I, for sure. And we don't, you know, we don't even live near each other. And, you know, at this moment, I kind of took a little bit of a break. We're not, I, I'm not trying to ghost him, but I'm just being real quiet at the moment. I needed a little break for myself too. So, um, I don't know if that makes anybody feel better, but that's kind of where I'm at with all of that. Um, but yeah, I I'm back on my social media, but I did definitely need to take a break. And like I said, that all hit me like a ton of bricks that day. It was just a combination of, um, too many platforms, uh, kind of coming at me at once and people, you know, in particular, uh, spending, you know, like a lot of time writing things to me. I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I've said this before. I don't know how, um, celebrities deal with this because they've got, you know, people telling them how ugly they are and, you know, they pick apart every single little facet of their lives. And, um, I definitely feel that on somewhat of a, you know, some small level, I definitely feel that as well. And it's, um, it's not easy to have so much criticism and judgment and you wonder what am I doing this for? I'm certainly not a wealthy, you know, um, famous person. That's for sure. I'm doing this as I've always done it in the beginning was to help educate about HIV. So, but part of that has been taking everybody on my personal journey as well, which I think is helpful for people to see how somebody lives their personal life with HIV. But uh, as a response to that, I guess people feel that they need to, you know, give you their advice, um, their unsolicited advice, and a lot of it. And sometimes it's just more than I can take. I wasn't built for so much criticism. And I don't think anybody is, honestly. It's not easy to have um, it coming from this side and this side. And, you know, it's mostly all just like, I know some of it is so hard to read to and, and then it sticks in your head and they're just, they think they're being helpful, but they're actually being really not helpful, if that makes sense. So um, that's where I'm at with that. I, I'm, I'm okay now. And, um, you know, I kind of just like some of the videos, I'm just automatically blocking people if they say things that are just rude. I used to not do that because I felt like people need to see the stigma and, and they do, they need to see the really uneducated comments that come out of people's, you know, typewriters. But I think sometimes it's just, you know, repeated negative comments and I'm just like blocking some people and just, and then I can walk away from it and, you know, not feel too bad about it or anything. But yeah, so that's the latest on that. Um, let's see, uh, how about an update on dating? So what is the latest with dating? Um, well, um, I, I kind of reconnected through, oh, hi, Benny, through um, just texting somebody that I had known from the past. I don't think I've seen him in probably 10 years, but we found each other through uh, Tinder and we're definitely, you know, I'll see him eventually. So that hasn't happened yet, but I will see him. And then um, I did match with somebody. Oh, and by the way, that person knows I have HIV. I think I talked about it before. Yeah, because he thought Eric was just a random guy that I ran across who 
had HIV also. I'm like, no, 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 that's the guy I got it from. So he knows that I have it. And I, I don't know. I don't think he cares. And, you know, whatever. He said he'd hang out with me. So um, that doesn't mean we're going to have sex, but you never know. I mean, we've, we have before. So, um, and then uh, what else? Um, I matched with somebody who's about nine years younger than me. And um, we are supposed to, well, today we were actually supposed to hang out. So I'm still sort of waiting to hear from him. Um, we didn't have time yesterday, so we both have the day off and I'm just waiting to hear from him, but another local surfer, single dad, (laughs) but he is nine years younger and no, he does not know about my status. And I will at some point, if it's necessary, obviously I will, I will have, I not have to bring it up. I will bring it up. Um, but you know, I've kind of reconsidered how to disclose to people, um, you know, the more I'm uptight about it and like having, like holding my breath and, you know, like, oh my God, I'm nervous to tell you this, all that, all of that just feeds into their fear. Like if you just make it like, oh yeah, well I have this, but you can't get it. Like it's not transmittable. Like that is so much more reassuring for the other person. I remember when I was first divorced from my kid's dad, I went out with this guy that I'd met on match.com and, um, you know, I thought he was a real nice guy. We dated for about four months. And I remember, after we had been together, he told me that he had hep C um, from a past, uh, God, another guy who was into needles. It's so crazy because he was in NA and he also didn't drink. He was so clean. Um, he was like super clean. Like he was somebody who rode his bike across the United States, you know, after like sometimes people who are, um, who have, well, I think it's people who are extreme. Like he had this extreme side to him and he was into drugs. It was weird because I don't know that side of him at all. The side that I knew was extremely healthy. And like I said, he was in Narcotics Narcotics Anonymous and he used to host this um, once a week poker game for his NA guys. And like I said, there was no alcohol, nothing. It was like everyone was super, super. I mean, they would have looked at me weird if I had a glass of wine. Like, how dare you like drink in front of us? Um, but anyways, he had hep C from prior needle use or IV drug use. And I remember him just very nonchalantly telling me, oh, I have hep C, but you know, it's not really, it's not sexually transmitted. It's not really sexually transmitted, which is true. It's not for the most part, it's not. And I just remember how casual he was about it. And like, you know, if you need to do any reading about it, like go for it or whatever. But he was like, not, there was just no stress at all about it. And I remember just feeling not even shocked by it. I was like, all right, cool. Like, I don't know. I wasn't worried at all. It didn't like affect me even a little bit. And, um, you know, that makes me think of like Ella Dawson has like, she's the best writer about STIs. And I so wish I could have that flair for writing the way she does. Um, because I'll read her stuff and I'm like, yes, that's what I want to say, but it doesn't come out that way. So I, I took a bunch of her quotes from her, um, her Instagram page. I might read these kind of out of order, but I think that they're so important and they make so much sense, but it, it is, it goes back to disclosure and, and this person, and, and I'm still waiting to hear, let me just check my phone. Cause you know, sort of kind of waiting. Nope, nothing yet. All right, we'll see. Um, the day is still young. It's only 2.30. Um, but yeah, I will eventually, obviously. It's not, I'm not going to like come up and shake someone's hand and hug them and sit down and have a drink and go, hi, I want to tell you I have HIV. I mean, that's like not what I'm going to be bringing up right away for sure. Like I want someone to get to know me first. And then, um, you know, after that, we, um, oh, hi, Benny. Oh, he's in my closet here with me, sitting right by me. He loves when I do podcasts. Um, but I just plan on bringing it up like, you know, oh, also that I have this, but you can't get it. I take a pill a day and it's not transmittable. I mean, just super simple, no stress, keep it short, 
Like, don't go into a bunch of, like, detail and explanation. I haven't done this yet. This is what I'm thinking, though. <laughs> I really am thinking that the the less stress you show and the more nonchalant you show, it will just, they'll be like, oh, well, I didn't know that. You know, it's just, I, I think um, that's the best way to approach it. So that's what I'm planning to do. I hope I can pull it off, and I will definitely let you guys know if it gets to that point where I need to share that information with him Again, I don't make, I don't want it to be this thing like, um, you know, this big thing because it's not. I, I am literally making it a bigger thing than it needs to be because I know the stigma. So I'm feeding into that fucking stigma. I am. So I, because I'm thinking of myself as an HIV negative person getting that information and I'm like, okay, what are they going to be thinking? What are they going to be thinking? You know, and I'm so stressed out about what they might think and that they might reject me as a person because they think I'm gross. And so I'm doing double thinking. I'm thinking how I should speak. I'm thinking how they might think of everything that's coming out of my mouth. And I need to just be confident in the fact that this is like what it is. It isn't anything I can give anybody. So there's nothing to stress about. I mean, it's just a non-topic, really. I mean, do the research. If you don't believe me, it's out there. You know, I don't know. Call my doctor, whatever. You can't get this from me, you know? So if that's my approach. So we'll see how it goes. I, I do plan on doing that. But anyways, um, this is what Ella has on her Instagram. And I thought these were really good. This is one of them. Most people in your life have an STI. They just don't talk about it. Oh my God. I, I have glasses on that aren't that good in here. And it's like so dark in my room. I can't, I'm like trying to like move my head back and forth so I can read this damn type. Cause it's uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. That's just more information than anybody knows, but I'm having trouble reading this. Okay. So um, they just don't talk about it in casual conversation. If you've never heard about STIs outside of sex, uh, ED sex ed and the occasional herpes joke, that's because people are afraid to bring it up. I guarantee someone in your family has an STI for sure, for sure. So that's how people handle it. They, they talk about it as it's this dirty thing when really all it is, is when two people are together, human interaction, sex, like this is just a result very, very easily can happen from having sex with somebody. And of course, if you have a condom on, that helps a lot for most STIs, but not herpes. Herpes can still be transmitted just, you know, without, with a condom. So it's, it's still totally possible because it's just skin to skin. So um, another one she says is you have absolutely dated or slept with someone who has an STI. You just didn't know. They may not have known. The most common symptom of an STI is having no symptoms at all. Oh, that's not, that's not, that's not my, damn it. That's the wrong sound. That's for something else. Oh, and that was, that brings me back to a comment that someone made in a TikTok where they said, you've got to be kidding. Are you telling me that this person didn't test for all STIs before you had sex with them? I'm like, okay, well, that's, you know, great for you that you do that all the time. I mean, really anybody who does that great, but really the reality of that is that is not what is happening. I can attest to the fact that I have never one time, not once ever in my, my 51 years, I'd say 31 years. No, how old was I when I had sex? 18 for the first time. Um, so 33 years of being sexually active. Have I ever asked anybody for an STI panel? I just will never do that. Like, I'm not going to do that. 
And if you want to do that, great. That's great. But I, you know, it's the choice I make in being with somebody. I can either take the risk, I can have them wear a condom, whatever. But even asking somebody for an STI panel doesn't ensure anything because they may have an STI that just hasn't shown up yet on a test, but they could still have it. There's window periods. And then there's some people that pat themselves on the back and say, you know, I'm with my husband and I know that I don't have anything. That is not true. You don't have any idea if somebody is going behind your back and sleeping with somebody else, which is what happened to me. And I had no idea, absolutely none. And I was tested for everything after that and I did not have anything. But, you know, you just don't know for sure if somebody is being 100% faithful. If you're in a sexual relationship with somebody, you're never 100% safe. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Sure, you can ask people for STI panels. And I mean, to be quite honest, if somebody asked me for that, I would be insulted and I wouldn't go out with them. Like, and you know, people are hooking up all the time. You know, there's Tinder, there's Match, there's plenty of fish, all these things um, for dating. And, um, and plus there's clubs. People go to clubs. Do you think any of those people that are taking each other home are asking for freaking paperwork? Nobody is. So all of you people who are giving yourself a big pat on the back for asking for STI panels from their doctors, that's rare. That's not common. It's not realistic. I mean, like I said, if you want to do that, perfect, but it's not the way I run my life and I never will. It's like guys who are on prep, they can be on prep. So they never, ever have to ask somebody if they have HIV, you know, that's just the way that they handle it. They never have to ask. They've taken care of their own sexual health. They don't need to ask. It's nobody's business what the other person's health is. You're putting yourself at risk for everything when you have sex with somebody when you're not protected. And, and if you have a condom, you're still putting yourself at risk for herpes. So they don't even recommend testing for herpes. According to the CDC guidelines, and this is a quote, um, genital herpes is a common sexually transmitted disease. It is caused by herpes simplex virus type 1, HSV1, or herpes simplex virus type 2, HSV2. Most people have HSV1 or HSV2 and don't have symptoms. So the CDC does not recommend herpes testing for people without symptoms. This is because diagnosing genital herpes in someone without symptoms has not shown any change in their sexual behavior. In other words, wearing a condom or not having sex, nor has it stopped the virus from spreading. Also, false positive test results that say you have herpes when you do not actually have the virus are possible. So Although the CDC does not recommend that everyone get tested for herpes, herpes testing may be useful in some situations. They say, please note that while a herpes blood test can help determine if you have herpes infection, um, it will not be able to tell you who gave you the infection. Of course not. Um, so they don't even recommend testing for herpes. So a lot of people have herpes and don't even know it. So, um, okay, let's uh, go back to some of Ella's quotes. She says, um, for the most part, people don't get STIs because they were irresponsible or promiscuous. For example, some STIs like herpes aren't only transmitted through sexual activity. They're not. They can be transmitted in other ways. So, but no matter how a person gets an STI, it isn't a punishment and it's just an infection. That's all it is. It's just an infection. Um, it's never your business how someone got an STI. If someone discloses their STI status to you, do not ask them how they contracted it. It shouldn't impact your opinion of them at all, which is totally true. And I do feel like that is um, goes hand in hand with how people feel about people with HIV. Like it impacts how they feel about that person. What must they have done to get it? You know, what was their behavior? Wow, they must deserve it because they obviously did something wrong. So, you know, 
again, I've been over this so many times. It doesn't mean you did anything wrong. It's just people have sex. Like, wow, people have sex. Like, that's a thing. So if you don't have it, you're either lucky or you're just in a low risk category and, you know, be glad you don't. But Jesus, for the people that do have it, don't think of them any differently. They didn't mean to have it. They don't want to have it. They weren't trying to get it. It happened. And believe me, I just had someone reach out to me uh, yesterday who was just diagnosed. And he said, you know, I was just diagnosed the day before. I feel like my life's over. I feel like I have nothing to live for. His Everything's fine. He doesn't even feel sick. He says my CD4 counts like 500. I don't know what his viral load is, but he said he doesn't feel anything from it, but he wants to die. Like, really? This is what it creates. It's crazy. Not that I'm, you know, advocating for anyone to get HIV, but gosh, if you get it, it's not the end of the world, but people really think that it is. So that's why I do what I do to hopefully help people see the other side, but I've still got to deal with all these, you know, the loud noises from all the people who say you shouldn't like downplay it and you shouldn't make it sound like it's this easy process and it's not easy for everybody or so-and-so died from it. This person died from like, I always get like the backlash always when I'm just trying to help those that have it like newly diagnosed, help them understand and help them like kind of on a new path when they get it so they can go into this new diagnosis without the stress um, that, you know, could be there if they didn't have hopefully some of my, my videos or my podcast or something to help them along. Um, but there are a lot of people that don't understand that. And those are the ones who aren't diagnosed with it. Those are the ones who are just sitting back, eating their popcorn, watching the show. Okay, moving on. So I did allude last um, podcast that I would kind of go into a little bit about my divorce. And um, what I can tell you is that this time last year is when I became aware of <laughs> the fact that our relationship had been, um, there had been a betrayal and, um, it happened, uh, I found out on November 1st, it was, uh, after a Halloween night, of course we were not living near each other and, um, I could not get a hold of this person the next day. It was a very strange delay, not a normal one at all. And so the truth, some of it came out at that time and just that there had been another person that my person had been with the night before. And it was, uh, I can't even tell you, it was um, so uh, shocking that I just, I dropped my phone. I had been walking my dog. I could barely catch my breath. I fumbled with my phone and hung up on them and told them I hated them. Oh my God. I don't know if I said hate, but I I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Like I, it was like, I, it was it's, it's, it's like it was almost as bad as the HIV diagnosis. Honestly, it was so awful to hear this. And, um, anyways, I, I, that I did have to go to doctors on duty that night because I was having like a full blown panic attack. I could barely breathe and, um, got on some Ativan to help me get through the night to help me sleep and, um, get through the next week or so, uh, so I could work and all of that. And, um, anyway, um, I had decided to end the relationship about, a, I don't know, 10 days later, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm not getting enough, enough answers because I had a lot of questions and I wasn't getting answers I wanted. Instead, I was getting kind of like, I'm not answering that. I'm not answering. Like I was getting um, pushback and it didn't feel fair when I felt like, you know, I deserve some answers. And so I decided to end the relationship 
And that was before this person had come out to spend the winter with me. And so um, basically, I and for anybody that doesn't know, I'm not going to say their name, but I had been married to somebody who lived in another country and they spent their winters here with me. And we had been together all together for um, like at that point, I guess like five and a half years. And we'd been married for just over a year. So anyway, I... I said, I'm, I'm, I've given it a lot of thought and I, I, I want to end this. And I remember they said, um, I can't, I, wow, you've got balls. Like, couldn't believe it. And I said, well, and he goes, well, I'll get back to you. And I was like, about, about what? <laughs> yeah, whatever. So, um, I remember that I had to go because I was taking Ryan to a late dentist appointment that night and I got off the phone and, um, and anyways, like, I think a week went by and I was like, well, I don't know what that meant when they said, I'll get back to you. Cause a week went by and I thought, well, I was the one who had made the decision to end it. So I don't know what I'm waiting for really. Um, but I didn't really know where to move forward from that point. Cause this was about the time when that person would be coming out to stay with me. And, um, about a week later I got a, can you please, can we please talk? And we spent about, I don't know, three and a half hours on a FaceTime call and basically I got reeled back into the relationship and I really had made a point and you know my kids knew my mom knew everybody knew that there had been this one night with this person that he'd been with and they were really upset that I decided to go back with him and I said you know it's my life you know I I'm gonna try to forgive I realize we've had like a lot of distance and space between us because of COVID we couldn't see each other for eight months I tried to give this person the benefit of the doubt basically and um so this person comes out um, and is here within two days and not staying at my house because my kids were still upset about that one night that had only happened three weeks ago. And so for everybody's benefit, um, he was staying in a hotel room and I was still trying to, I still couldn't wrap my brain around what had happened. Like I was still like needing questions. And of course now we're together and we're going to be intimate and I can't get this out of my head. Obviously everything that's happening between us. I can't stop thinking about what happened with this other person. I want, I need to know everything, like what happened exactly, you know? And it was, it was becoming, uh, well, I guess three, about three days had gone on. And then what happened was, is that this person, um, contacted me through Facebook messenger, had sent me a couple pictures that she'd taken of him to prove that she had spent time with him. And, he basically got a hold of me and said, she's going to be getting a hold of you. Um, she's really mad because she didn't want him coming out here and being with me. And he, I said, well, what do you mean? Like what's going on? And so it was at that point after he was already out here that I realized and found out that, um, it had been a three month affair that they had had. And, um, it had started, you know, shortly after our one year wedding anniversary, honestly, and for him, it was just one thing. That's all he wanted. He just wanted the physical part of it. But of course, women aren't going to give just that up. We have, you know, we get, we get involved uh, emotionally, you know, we can pretty easily. So obviously, after three months with him, um, and he said he could honestly say it was only, you know, like 20 times or something. And I even had to ask him, did it happen on my birthday? my 50th birthday, August 24th. And he had to look at his calendar to see if he had had her over that night and he could confirm that he had not. Um, so that that's real nice. So this was the kind of stuff I was dealing with this time last November. 
but there was this part of me that uh, didn't like her at all because, um, and she was my age. Ironically, she was also a teacher. She had two daughters, like similar ages to my daughters. Um, she was a single mom. And apparently he said that she was like, you know, he and I at this point had reconnected. So we were like a team again. And so part of me was like, ha ha ha, I got him, you didn't. So there was that part of me that felt that. And I, um, I kind of liked showing on my social media that we were back together and she wasn't going to get him. You know, there was that part of me that felt um, vindicated in some way, knowing that it was pissing her off because she was in love with him and she wanted to make sure I knew because she wanted to ruin everything because she didn't get what she wanted, which is understandable. I could see, you know, I don't know if I would do that though, honestly, but, but she did. And, um, you know, so anyways, he basically, you know, wouldn't talk to her at all. He was letting me read every message that was sent um, to him through, he, she didn't have his phone number. Everything was sent through messenger. And although it was in French, he was, you know, like telling me what it said. And he said that, you know, she knew all about me, like the whole time they had been together. She was like watching all of my social media. And, um, he said she was obsessed with me. He said she was, she'd come in and complain and say something about like, if I screenshotted a shot of us FaceTiming, I'd put like heart eyes, like an emoji of heart eyes over my face. Like she apparently was, and hi, by the way, if you're listening to this Roxanne, um, but anyway, she would get all pissed off because she, um, and you did me a favor, by the way, I'm much happier now. Um, and go for it. You can have him if you want. He's um, local and he's probably still single. So anyways, she apparently would get mad about these things. And he said he swore that they, he never spoke about me in a derogatory uh, way, which I believe. And I do believe that he did use her for one thing. I really do. He wasn't, I don't mean, I know people tell me I'm crazy and, you know, you shouldn't think that and he's in, you know, a-hole and all that. Yeah, it was really bad. He, he did the worst thing he could do to our relationship for sure. Um, and, but anyways, I, I do believe that for him, it was just a physical thing. I think that men can separate the two. Um, but if it didn't matter for me, cause in my mind, everything had been ruined. So although I did take him back, um, and had to keep this gigantic secret that it had been a three month ordeal instead of just this one night, you know, no one knew my mom, my sister, my sister did know I had to break, break it to her. I needed to tell somebody that I knew and my sister's, you know, just wants me to be happy. And so she was, uh, trying to be really understanding of the situation. And, um, I had told a really good close friend of mine, Kira also, but, um, other than that, it was pretty much just between us. And, um, I mean, I, we cried, he and I cried a lot and he was really like, uh, I, and at this point now, obviously he would need to answer any kind of question. Cause it was really obvious everything had come out. So anything I asked, he would answer. So it was hard to hear, a lot of the answers, you know, I, I, I want to know everything. I want to know how did it go down? How did you guys figure out when she would come out over, you know, did she come in and you guys just started making out in the kitchen and ripping your clothes off and going to your bedroom? Did you, did you hold her at night? Did you kiss her on her forehead? You know, did you spoon her? Like, these are like, like, what was the intimacy level? You know, these are things that I needed to know the answers to. And they would, the best way to describe it is that it felt like, um, I wanted to rip my insides out. I just, and you know, it really affects one's feelings for somebody when you know that this betrayal has happened. It's, and I've told him before, I told him like, that would be the hardest thing I could never, like, I felt like our, 
physical relationship was absolutely 100% so sacred because it was very special. And I really thought that we had a very special connection. So the thought of that ever happening, and he knew like I could never have handled that. Um, So the fact that it actually happened was so shocking to me. Like I couldn't believe it because he knew I could never handle that. And um, because to me, I was, you know, I was madly in love with him, but it did ruin the relationship for me. I was never able to, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get thoughts out of my head, obviously, in times of intimacy, like those thoughts were flooding my head constantly, uh, comparisons constantly, as much as I wanted to enjoy the fact that my husband was back, I couldn't stop thinking about his time with this other woman. And how did you FaceTime with me every day with these secrets? Like, this is just like, how well do I really know you? Honestly, if you were able to do that, um, is basically what it came down to. And so, um, you know, we were together the whole last winter and then he went back in March to his, uh, country. And I'm trying to keep this as anonymous as possible. Um, just for those who don't have any idea who he is, you can't obviously find him or anything. Um, he already put a cease and desist order on me on a video that he was pictured in. Um, he got a lawyer and I had to like blur his picture, his face out. So nobody can, as if anybody's going to be searching my stuff to find him a future date will never, ever associate the two of us together because his name was never on any of my stuff. None of his last name was his picture wasn't my biggest video, but no one would able, would be able to like find him that way. Like, it's just, that's crazy to me. So whatever. Um, I did blur his picture out of my HIV AIDS story in pictures. So you can't see who he is anymore. And he's off of everything I've taken. And it's fine. Like I'm moving on with my life. He doesn't need to be a part of any of my past, which is fine. But I feel like people have wanted to know, um, how this all went down. And that, so this is what happened. And then, you know, we separated geographically in March of this year. And it took me about eight weeks for me to like go, you know what? It's time to move on. Like I'm not, I'm not seeing any pros to this relationship anymore. There was a lot of other things that I just didn't feel happy about and, um, it was time to move forward. So that is, um, the story of the end of my relationship, that most recent relationship and why I'm single now. So for anyone who's gone through this kind of betrayal and you've been able to overlook it, I give you so much credit. I, it's just nothing that I could live with. And, um, I'm really happy being single. I didn't realize how much a relationship takes from you. And, um, I'm really happy to be just, I don't know how to explain it. I just feel like I'm breathing differently. And it is, there's just something, obviously when you're in a relationship, you have to give some and you have to change a little bit. And I probably, and I think everybody does this. We all change to accommodate that other person. And I definitely realized that I lived a different life when he was gone than I do when he was here. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it has me thinking about future relationships and I don't want to get to that point again. I mean, I know we all kind of fall into it. It's not easy to just be the way you want to be and have somebody just go, yeah, I'm going to put up with that. Um, and you know, you always have to think about this other person. And of course, sometimes that's a great feeling that's love, right? But sometimes it is a feeling of losing yourself. I don't know there's a fine line (laughs) for sure. And right now I'm just really enjoying me 
and doing what I want to do and be selfish about it. And, um, which, you know, goes to all my social media stuff. And, um, I'm having a great time being able to like talk openly, like on here. I think I would have been holding back with everything I did. I definitely double guessed or second guessed on everything I did. Uh, wondering if he was going to approve of it or disapprove of it or not say anything at all, which felt like a disapproval. And I got that feeling a lot. So, and there was, I mean, he definitely judged things that I was doing. He's open about that. And he thought that my work had a different purpose. And, uh, you know, I, it's, I got to do this the way I want to do it, not the way someone else sees. It's their vision. It's, you know, it doesn't work for what I'm doing. I need to do my vision, right? So that's, um, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. And yeah, it's that one year, but that's why some people are like, isn't it a little too soon to date? I'm like, no, the, uh, trauma happened a year ago and it's, you know, I've had a lot of time to think about this and I'm, I'm really, really good now. So, okay guys, well, I'm going to wrap this up and thank you all for listening. I hope this, um, was a good enough podcast. Sometimes I don't know if this is what you guys want to hear. I'm like, I just wasn't even sure I was going to do this today. It's been sitting on me and I'm like, do I want to do a podcast? I don't know. But some people have asked and that always gives me this, um, fire in me to like go ahead and do one. So, uh, I hope you guys like it still. And, um, yeah, we will see you guys soon. Have a good week. We're getting, you know, really close to Thanksgiving. I'm planning on doing that here. I haven't cooked in forever. I'm going to have my ex-husband over. So it's just going to be the five of us unless someone else joins us. I don't know, but for right now, that's all it is. All right, guys, have a great week. I love you all. Bye-bye. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.